Welcome to the Mulligans Podcast, a real estate podcast dedicated to helping investors like you. Every week, we interview relatable guests and focus on what led them to success in real estate investing and how we can do the same while avoiding their mistakes. Without further ado, let's get into today's show. On today's episode of the podcast, we have Mr. David Edwards. David has a really interesting strategy using single family houses and, and squeezing all he can out of it to produce max profit. So without further ado, let's welcome to the show. Dave, thanks for jumping on, man. We're really excited to get into it. I know. Thank you for having me. It's been a little while back and forth here, but uh, it's fantastic to finally be on. Yeah, absolutely. So if you could, Dave, give the audience a 30 second commercial about yourself. Yeah. So my name is Dave. I've been in Houston now since 2019. Moved out here right before the uh, pandemic hits. We felt like a genius immediately when that happened. <laughs> uh, having moved here from New York City, uh, in doing so, we came down with the full intent of uh, getting into real estate. And we did exactly that in early 2020. And from there, it's been uh, a couple of different pivots and strategy as we move forward. We've landed on something that's really great and is uh, providing you know, what I believe is going to be the future of my family. Awesome. So you said that you got into real estate at the beginning of 2020. What kind of sparked your interest in that? Um, yeah, I was looking at my, my day job. My day job is great. It provides for my family. It's provided me with a lot of satisfaction and benefits over the last couple of years. But I, I don't have the opportunity to have an immediate impact. My thoughts, my decisions don't, don't change things right away. Uh, the idea of real estate of being something that I could wholly own, uh, that would provide the returns I'm looking for, that would provide value to my family, and not only my immediate family, but my, my parents and my siblings at some point in the future here, really provide a stable foundation, um, kind, of, kind of hit me. And it's, it's really it's been the focus uh, as we move forward. Okay. So you become interested in real estate. What is the, what is the first step you take? First step we took was um, actually really became interested probably about five years, six years back. Okay. Uh, my father had uh, decided he, he was looking into it. He bought a commercial building about 15 years ago. He was starting to think about, you know, what would it be like to buy flip or buy and rent homes? So he invited us, me and my mother to go to a, a big symposium by the property brothers. One of them was putting down in Florida. So we went nice. down there. He paid, he paid like $25,000. We all went there, got a bunch of paperwork. We spent a lot of time there. Nothing came of it. You know, so five years go by. We spent a lot of money. No one's bought a house. No one's done anything. I get, I, I get interested in it again. Um, I find bigger pockets. And I say, all right, this is going to be it. I listened to every episode at the time. I was thinking it was around like episode 300 and something. Um, we first started getting, getting into it. And I said to my wife, you know, we're going to move. We wanted to separate our, our family, my immediate family, my wife, and my two kids away from my in-laws. We'd be living together. If we were going to make a move. We might as well make a move. That would be big. That would be life-changing. So we moved out of Texas, uh, then went ahead and found a realtor, started looking at properties, um, we started looking, we moved out here in September. We started looking in October and we made a purchase in January of 2020. Wow. So you got right into it. Yeah, right into it. I mean, there had been, you know, some of that sure. initial discussions and some bigger pockets. But as soon as we got here, like that was the whole point of making the move. Okay. And if I didn't make the move, then I'd be disappointing my wife, which is scary. Sure. So, sure. Uh, so what strategy <laughs> did you land on and how did you come to that? 
Yep. So I've landed on rent by room, but that first strategy, the first home was a, was that home that you shouldn't buy. You know, it's the one that everyone wants to buy, which is the, the C-class property, the C-class tenant with the high cash flow. You know, it looks like on paper, it's going to cash flow 400 bucks a month and everyone in bigger pockets is telling you to look for 200 bucks a month. It was 2%, you know, uh, hit the 2% rule. Um, but it just, it was a, that was a mistake. Uh, we, can, we can go more into that later. I know you've heard the story and you've liked the story. Um, <laughs> but from there, you know, from the experience we got, we heard, or we got from that, that first project, you know, we moved to rent by room. And we found that that provides everything I was looking for with that first property, but like more so and adds the values of stability uh, that my family really needs. Gotcha. And I'm gonna, I want to get into that in just a second. So, but what is, what is your portfolio look like today? So right now, I mean, I've got a couple of business, different, different lines in my business. So under my holdings business, I've got one active rent by room property. I've got two that are undergoing rehab. I purchased them in December of last year. Um, I've got a acre of land up in Conroe, so just above Houston, uh, that we're looking to build five duplexes up. It's taken a year to get approvals there. We're not going to go too deep into that strategy. Uh, we do a follow-up there because it's still, right now it's been pretty boring. I bought the land. I spent a year getting approvals. I got approvals. And now I'm trying to convince um, uh, like contractors to give me decent pricing and not be trying to, to buy a house off of me, basically. Everyone's just jacking up their rates. Uh, but you know, back to that, you know, I've got the the one active rent by room with eight tenants in place. I've got two more undergoing rehab that will have eight tenants each in place right next to each other for a total of 16 units that'll be in that, in that particular location. Okay, so now back into what you were talking about a little bit earlier, is what, is, what is so great about rent by the room? Why, why are you such a big fan of it? Well, rent by the room um, allows me to see greater stability and greater security. Um, what I mean by that is, all right, with rent by room, I've got, instead of having one tenant in that property, I've got eight tenants in that property. That property is being paid for and is actually making me a little bit of cash flow at three people, at three tenants in the property. It's got eight. At eight tenants, I'm able to fully fund cleaning. I'm able to fully fund lawn care. I'm able to provide additional benefits to the tenants. I'm able to pay for my property manager. I'm able to, you know, set aside more money quickly, more quickly for repairs and maintenance. And I'm able to have, you know, I gave my wife a Tesla. That home, the first one, with half the cash flow that we spent off is paying the monthly payment on her Tesla Y. Wow. Okay. The other half of it goes into savings to pay off, you know, other ancillary business bills. But it's, it's given my family tremendous security. Whenever we have a turnover, that turnover takes like 15 minutes at minimum, you know, a day wow. at most for a turnover. You're not shutting down a place. You're not out of cash for a month or two at a time in order to do repairs and then have to advertise, um, you know, do the advertising work for that. I mean, I go in when someone's leaving and generally uh, it's washing the walls, mopping the floors, changing out the bed cover maybe doing some minor repairs, like changing out the blinds if the blinds got damaged. Um, you know, worst case, we had a tenant in there and he just, he, we had brought his own furniture and his furniture scratched up the walls. So my, I had my maintenance tech go in and he painted the walls. 
Um, and that took a day. And then the home was back up on market. And then that home was actually rented again two days later. So it was out of commission for three days. It took me a grand total of, you know, five minutes of my personal time just to give the maintenance guy a call. It took the maintenance guy about an hour to go in there and paint and, and oversee the cleaning. So it, it, it's fantastic from that perspective. So like I was saying, it provides, the strategy provides stability, fewer people. You're not going to have that home empty out all at once. You're not going to be having to pay out of pocket uh, in order to meet your bills. You're not going to have to worry about a turn taking forever and a lot of damage occurring. You know, you've got eight people in my home, for example. You're not going to have anybody going through that home and causing thousands of dollars in damage. You're not going to have a hoarder situation in, in the main part of that house, maybe in the bedroom, but so that's a fraction of what it could be from what I've seen in some of the other people talking about this, right? So it's just, it's, it provides me with everything I want, gives me cash on cash. I mean, I, as I said, I'm cash flowing twice what it costs from a Tesla payment, over $2,000, is what I'm cash flowing on this property with, you know, with eight people there paying between 150 and $225 per week uh, you know, for the month. That home is spinning off $5,000, $6,000, depending on how many, how the weeks fall in the month uh, in, in revenue. Wow. So you, you're, you know, when you say you're cash flowing $2,000, is that net? That is net. $2,000 wow. after I paid the pity principal interest taxes insurance after mm-hmm. paid cleaner after i set aside money for maintenance and repairs after land, landscaper after you know, i actually provide toilet paper and paper towels at this house <laughs> uh just because I, I i branded it with luxury mm-hmm. so i mean i have a more expensive cleaner than i, I don't have the person that goes in there and does a quick one they're there for sure. two hours or two three hours when they're there and they empty out the fridge they clean everything they do a great job like we branded luxury and we're, we're hoping to cat to capture and maintain that positioning yeah that's incredible i mean on average i mean most single family property single tenant get maybe two hundred dollars in, in the perfect world and if, that, if, if that, that if and that, you're making I mean, 10 times that yes. of one this property. home yeah this home you know i don't mind sharing would have rented for according to rentometer for mm-hmm. 1750 a month it was start off as a five bedroom two and a half bath 1750 a month the pity payment is about 1450 so what does that leave us that leaves about $300 now, if you have property management on that, you know, 10% for your first home, it's 170 gone. Now you're looking at $130 in available cash. And then you set aside maintenance and repairs. Now you have nothing. And as a traditional single family, this would not have worked. Man. Right? And you would have been back in that first home that I purchased, which you think would work based on the, on the numbers, but does not work. Right. Trying to chase that in the market today. Right. Yeah, so you've built you've built a very strong case for this strategy. Now, what are some of the the most common objections you hear when you're telling people about this, and 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 how do you rebuttal and how do you handle those? Um, well, the first objection is it's eight people. It's mm-hmm. eight. It's one house. How am I going to manage that? Well, I have property management. I have a property management company that is able to find the people, background check everybody. They do a financial background check. They do a police background check. They ensure that no one gets in there with any felonies or with any evictions or other financial challenges um, into that home. So they, they find the people. They manage the people. If Susie takes Billy's you know, Apple, they work through this management company in order to, to, to resolve for that. Worst case scenario, Susie has to leave. 
the management company will move them to another location, either one I already own, if I live in LinkedIn, or they'll offer to bring them to another location that they happen to manage. Just, just to get them out. You know, these homes fill up fast enough that you as an owner would rather have a problem resolved than have to continue worrying about it. Um, they follow like a, a three keys methodology. You know, three strikes you're out, right? Mm-hmm. So they can report each other. If someone has three issues, they're removed from the house from the platform entirely um, just, to, just to manage all that. So that particular issue I've solved for now just by, just by having another partner, partner take care of it. I take care of the, the space, and I like to say that they take care of the people. Um, beyond that, the other uh, thoughts people have when I ask them about it, well, they're like, oh, but I want small multifamily. I want small multifamily. What do I want a single family home for? I want small multifamily. Well, they want small multifamily for the same reason, generally, that I want the, the, this rent by room. They want to have multiple tenants. They want to have security. They want to have a, a place that is going to... Um, provide some competitive space. They keep hearing everyone say, you know, go for small multifamily for your deal. So trying to maximize the potential returns there. But what are you hearing about small multifamily? You're hearing go for $100 a door. So, ooh, a quadplex would get you 400 bucks. I do five times that with a single family, you know, cash flow wise. And it's much easier to find, especially in this market. Trying to find a, a multifamily, even a small multifamily, anywhere in the Houston area is almost a fool's game. Yeah, you can find them, but everyone's chasing them. Everyone's throwing their cash. And the ones that are on market for any length of time are there for a reason. It's a pretty terrible reason. Right. Okay. So now, uh, how do you how do you finance these deals? Yeah. So this the first one was simply a standard 20% down. Right. I had had the first property. I, I, I had, I got out of that. I got some cash back from that. I had done a flip as well um, in January of 2020. Uh, got into that in January 2020, a week after I purchased my first rental and then sold it in, in April of that year. So that between those two, I had some cash. I put 20% down um, in 2021, in March 2021, on this, this rent by room. Um, and I completed in, in I moved that way. For my the two that I have purchased now, um, well, I turned to my father-in-law and I said, hey, I've got this, this deal. There's two homes. They're side by side. They're the exact same floor plan. We're going to have some efficiencies there in pricing because uh, contractors aren't going to have to move their tools very far from job to job. They're going to know exactly what to do. Uh, having learned from the first project to the second project, so they're going to save time. It's going to save us money. Um, so he gave, me a, uh, he gave me 60 grand. And we spent, we were able to, with that, secure both properties to, to fund uh, most of the rehab. Much of that rehab I put on credit cards or for my other, the remaining savings. Um, and we pulled down two properties uh, using a hard money lender for most of the acquisition there. Uh, you know, we're going to be able to burn these properties and get, actually, it looks like about $3,000 in additional cash pulled out of each one wow. at the end of the burn. Um, for that, so. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be pretty excellent, and yeah. I expect that to be done completed in the next month, so end of March, and then for the property to be live end of March, early April. Very cool. So, what what are some uh, some of your criteria when you're looking at a deal? What are you looking you know, for? Well, I've got two buy boxes. Uh, the first buy box, which I have for the first property, is like four or five bedrooms, all bedrooms up, detached garage. Because if you have all bedrooms up, 
in a detached garage, you're gonna have plenty of space downstairs. You're gonna have a dining room, you're gonna have a living room, you're gonna have maybe an office. All this area can be converted to bedrooms. So you don't wanna maintain um, like common space. Common space is a problem. If common space is there. Billy's going to come home with his buddy, Jake. They just went drinking. Jake's going to pass out on the couch. And A, you're not getting paid for Jake being on that couch. Jake's just on that couch. And then Susie comes out. She's looking for that apple that that guy took earlier. She's got another apple now. And all of a sudden, she sees Jake. And Susie's like, ah, who the hell is Jake? It's not great. So you get rid of common space. You turn them into bedrooms. With my property, with five bedrooms up, uh, I would detach garage. I was able to put three more bedrooms downstairs, turn the living room the office and the dining room into bedrooms, turn a half bath into a full bath. That's the other thing. If you've got, you know, all bedrooms up, you're going to have a shared bath upstairs. You can have a master bedroom with the bath upstairs. And you're going to have a half bath usually downstairs, unless they've already converted to a full. Um, so we did that conversion and we ended up with what we've got. Um, alternative to that, I'd like shotgun homes, um, which are, kind of describes my, my other, the other two properties I bought. You have the straight hallway all the way through. Uh, bedroom, 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 bedroom on either side. Um, and at the front, I've got the kitchen on one side. I've got the living room on the other. That living room is split in half. That's two more bedrooms. And I, I, you know, I manipulated some of the other bedrooms that were in the in the home, cut them up, knocked some walls down to fit even more bedrooms in there. Uh, and that's worked out for me. Okay. So now, are you? Does area matter to you? Or are you looking in blue collar areas and nicer areas? How are you, um, how are you deciding that? Does that even so play got, a part? Yeah, so I've got my first properties in a, a called B-class neighborhood. Um, so it's a working Joe neighborhood. It's a nice place to live. It's kind of HOA, actually, my first one. HOA has not been a problem because I was able to turn the backyard into parking. Uh, so I don't have people parking all over the road and no one's complaining about that. Uh, beyond that, uh, my second property, well, I bought these two homes. And what sold me on is right across the street from them was a park. So that's fantastic. So it's not the best neighborhood. It's, it's 77028 is a code. It's kind of East, East Houston there. Um, but it, it has that, that amenity of a nice park, which I think is really going to help me out with, with the tenant base I'm going after. Yeah, definitely. Location matters. I don't want flood locations. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to be worrying about, you know, what am I going to do with eight people for home floods? Right. Um, you don't want to be in a war zone. Some people uh, think, oh, this is a perfect strategy for a war zone. Well, you buy a home that's in a terrible neighborhood. That matters. Regardless of who they are, what the situation is, no one wants to be in a war zone. And this strategy allows people to quickly move. They're not signing a year-long lease. They're signing a month initial, and then generally they're week to week afterwards. And if it's a terrible place, your place will be empty. It's not. It's not a... The, the war zone type strategy. Interesting. Okay. What are your three to five year goals? Where would you like to be? Yep. Um, well, I'm hoping that by end of this year with, you know, five to eight properties I'm hoping to have purchased by the end of the year, uh, that I'll be at level one financial freedom. You know, it should be a little bit higher than that, you would think, right? Right. Almost $2,000 per door. Um, I mean, I really only need four or five to get there, but I kind of want some buffer right? For living expense growth and so forth, right? Um, so, you know, within three years, I'd like to see this company having grown. I'd like to have been, I'd like to have completed at least uh, two purpose builds because now that I've been doing retrofits, I've, I've talked to some people about doing purpose builds, like ground up construction 
um, kind of think of it like a luxury dorm style, maybe four to six bedrooms per side um, within a dorm, putting up some quadplexes designed for this, this strategy um, and, move, and move forward with that, with that uh, fitting, fitting in and better, better positioning them on available lots. Um, beyond that, I mean, I've got, uh, besides the real estate holdings company, I've got a property services company. So I'm doing what I do for my properties for, uh, for some clients right now. I'm providing maintenance and management of their home, taking care of their place while the other property management company takes care of the, the people, um, ensuring that they get the same level of performance that I give to my tenants in, in my own homes. Um, and then beyond that, you know, so I like to see that grow. And beyond that, um, just trying to get out there and be, I want to be the rent my room guy in Houston. I'm very free. I'm talking about it. I mean, I attend all of the meetups that I can get to. It's been, it's been a fantastic experience. And I hope to continue pushing that. Very cool. Well, we're running a little bit short on time today. So we'll just go right into the your mulligan section. So question number one of three, in all of your investment career, what was your mulligan and what did you learn from it? So my mulligan was that property I've alluded to a couple of times now. Um, the first property I bought in a war zone, uh, bringing in $1,250 a month in rent. Um, my pity payment was around $650, uh, actually less than that, about $600 in total. So I'm, after setting aside some money, cash flowing about $400, bucks, like I said. Well, I, I put someone in that property that was great on paper, single mom, worked for a, a telephone operator, worked from home. Well, it turns out she lost her job during 2020, never reported that. I, I had a property management company, you know, at the time, but they could never get in because she would always say, I have COVID. Maybe she did a couple of times. I don't know, but they could never get in that property. So from, uh, I think, February to December, she's in that home. She lost her job at some point in there, and she turned that house into a strip club. Um, I found out about this in December, first December, when the property manager told me a company that says, gave me a call and said, it looks like she's abandoned the property. So I go in there and there's a stripper pole that was screwed into the floor and ceiling in my living room. There's three leather couches in that living room. There is glitter everywhere. Uh, there, um, there's spray, there's, she, she spray painted one of the doors pink, her daughter's door with the AC on, so the AC sucked up that spray paint and it was oh. the entire AC system and on every wall in the house. The whole house had this glittery pinkness to it. Um, and then, like, I don't know if you know this, but the knobs on the shower, like the round knobs, they apparently can make really good bongs, um, or at least like things to smoke pot out of. <laughs> that from my, um, my contractor he told me that, because I asked, why are we missing every knob? in the bathroom. He's like, oh, it's like a, it's a pot out. <laughs> so, so that right there taught me um, single family really wasn't the way for me to go. I didn't have access to the property. Uh, that property, while well, it was $400 a month in cash flow, that property cost me well over 20 grand to fix up um, from not only the mention damage, but a lot of other damage to that property. Um, I mean, we had outlets that somehow weren't working. I don't know what she did to the wiring. It was perfect before she moved in, but it was, it was messed up. I had to rewire the house. Wow. So that taught me, you know, that the single family thing wasn't going to work for me. I wanted greater access, greater stability. Uh, and that's, that's really when I started looking around and I settled on my bedroom. And that's just what's going to drive my, 
my investing strategy in the, in the future. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I haven't heard of a value add strategy that people have used a strip club, but uh, that is really that is, taking something and turning it into a business. You hear about that all the time. Like, yeah, so she's just an entrepreneur. So, I mean, I guess another thing there is give your neighbors like your business card or something because they all knew what was going on. And if I had given them my card, then I would have known about it up front because they knew because they were missing their husbands for like hours. At the time. <laughs> so, wow, like a, a big secret. Yeah, that's pretty remarkable. Well, you kind of answered question two there, which is great. So for the audiences, uh, for the audience that wants to be where you are today, what do you what piece of advice would you give them and what should they do first? Um, I guess the advice is, is rethink your strategy. If you're sitting right there and you haven't pulled the trigger on anything because you're trying to get that small multifamily because you're looking for stability, you're looking to have the multifamily, you're looking for the cash flow, all the reasons they tell you to go for a small multifamily, I would say consider rent by room. You know, um, I am happy to speak to you if you want to reach out. Uh, you can reach me at dave at weirllc.com. D-A-V-E at W-E-R-E-L-L-C.com. I'm very happy to go over the strategy, to invite you to meetups that we're putting up at properties, uh, and really help guide you to this better solution uh, that will allow you to find a home quicker than maybe you're looking for right now. And, and it's just it's just a lot better. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Dave, we appreciate you being on the show. Uh, we got three more questions, and then we'll we'll get you out of here. So question number one, what is one thing you want people to know about you that we didn't have the chance to discuss today? Um, all right. You know, how they always say you need to market, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, what you should know about is because I'm extremely good looking. Um, <laughs> so I'm just going to keep marketing that. Eventually, I'm going to change market perception, right? You're going to get there. You keep saying it, change mindset. I'm very good looking. Um, but I'm also extremely open and I'm very happy to discuss this. Uh, it probably comes across, but I'm happy to talk anybody uh about the strategy awesome awesome that's great to know so what are you looking for right now and how can our audience help you with that what i am looking for right now are you know if you are looking to operate the strategy you know i've got businesses that are out there that help you get into it to help you manage that so i'm looking for customers for that business um but i'm also looking for you know, potential partners as we continue growing like i've got that goal of financial independence help me get there i'll help you get there you know just that's essentially the biggest thing that I'm, I'm looking for today. Awesome. Awesome. Well, third and final question, uh, where can people find out more about you? I gave that earlier, but it's Dave at weirllc.com. Um, you can also go to my, my website uh, at uh, weirmanagement, W-E-R-E-M-G-M-T.com, W-E-R-E-M-G-M-T.com. And you can you know review some of the literature we've got there or reach out to us uh, via the email uh, link awesome dave well it's been a pleasure having you on I'm, I'm very glad we got to hear from your strategy we haven't talked to anybody like this before so um everybody in the audience please reach out to dave again as he mentioned he loves to talk about this stuff and he's very generous and open with what he's learned so far so please give him a shout out but uh dave thanks for being on the show thank you for having me absolutely man Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to subscribe and share with somebody you know. It's how we're able to grow and reach other people. For more real estate content, please follow us on social media at mulligans underscore underscore. And don't hesitate to reach out to us or our guests to learn more. Until next week.